Though COVID-19 continues to weigh on mobility and consumption, demand for infrastructure in Asia and the Pacific is expected to remain high over the coming years and exceed increasingly pandemic-stretched public budgets. In this podcast, Wu Weiping, Professor of Urban Planning at Columbia University's Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation, discusses the outlook for private infrastructure financing and growth in the region's emerging economies. She highlights the gaps between infrastructure investment demand and the interests of private and institutional investors, as well as strategies for bridging this divide. So what is private investment in infrastructure? We all know there are at least four different forms. One is what we call management and lease contract. It's public infrastructure. It's public road, but we lease it out from the city for a private company to run it. And then the second type of private investment in infrastructure is to build new projects. And that sometimes combines with concession ownership being given to the private entities for a limited time. And so concession and greenfield developments go together. And then divestiture is completely privatized. You let a private company build a water treatment plant and own it forever or indefinitely or what we call privatized infrastructure, like premier water supply networks for select residential developments. Greenfield is the kind of private infrastructure investment that's most common in developing countries and particularly in China. If you look at the different forms of greenfield development, there's build, operate, and transfer, BOT, build, operate, and all BOO, which is basically divestiture, essentially these different forms gives the public sector different degrees of responsibility as well as risk. So the higher responsibility the public sector has, the less the risk. But if you give it to the private, if it's taken more of ownership, it's also higher risk. So it's a balance between whether public sector or private sector has more risk, or which side carried the burden of upfront investment. Wu explains the different types of risk associated with infrastructure investment that may present challenges for developing countries in Asia and the Pacific when searching for investors. Investors expect to achieve a little bit higher return if they're going into non-mature economies because of other risks. So it's actually kind of difficult for them to find projects that can guarantee those kind of returns. First is regulatory risk. For instance, how do we set concession rates or fare rates for toll roads? An example would be when a holiday comes, toll roads fees are just waived. And investors are very leery about that. Currency risks. Now, for China, there's control in terms of how much foreign currency or that that are earned within the country can be taken offshore, right? So the currency risk is quite present. Demand risk. I've heard several investors telling me, if you build a highway in India, if you get to build it, meaning you have gone through all the red tapes and you actually build it, there will always be cars on those roads. Not so clear in China, especially uh, the bypassing tolls behavior is quite common. And so demand risk is not insignificant. And then general business risk, this, you know, any kinds of business have uh, doing in, uh, in a foreign place. So these risks combined together 
essentially pushes up the rate of return that inspect the institutional investors and private investors would add to their ordinary rate expectations. Drawing upon her research, Wu explains which infrastructure sectors are more viable for investors and why. My research assistants and I did a little bit of forecasting in terms of the kind of infrastructure sectors that are more viable for private and institutional investors. This is primarily in China, water and wastewater, wind and solar, all basically renewable kinds of infrastructure services. Parking, you know, just as China is began to become very much automobile driven, parking is a big business and actually it's very profitable types of investment activities and ports. It's not so much ports construction, but more ports operation. Those with the medium prospects are toll roads because toll roads have been built out and then district heating solid waste, airports, but airports more subject to government and military control because airspace control in China. So they do not come quite as high on the uh, investor's radar. Those with low on on certain types of prospects in China tend to be shale gas, which is very expensive both to extract and to operate in China. And so it's very uncertain. Non-renewable energy as well because the dominance of state enterprises and also the energy policies in China increasingly moving towards renewable energy. Wu concludes by highlighting the importance of building connections between investors and local governments to address infrastructure development needs in Asia and the Pacific. For a number of years now, green bonds and green investment is becoming much more important in these uh, infrastructure space. And so those investors looking for more sustained, long prospects will see green investment as being more fundamental. And on the, uh, the side of local governments is about a consistent pipeline of projects. So for cities like Shanghai and Beijing or big cities like Bangkok, it's not a major problem. You can connect with investors somewhat more readily because you have better records, you have more guaranteed demand. But smaller cities in second and third tier regions in all of these countries are going to have problem connecting with investors, particularly to make sure these projects are not just one-off but more repeated opportunities, precisely because infrastructure projects involve local governments that investors will need to deal with local government. And then it's not so easy, in fact, to deal with local governments in different countries. And repeated opportunities is really important and networks are really important. And that, in a sense, speaks to the role of intermediaries and platforms. Intermediaries such as infrastructure investment or development banks, so the Asian Infrastructure Development Bank that was formed a number of years ago is an important platform because it connects investors and the uh, local government. A number of countries, for instance, Brazil and other countries have so-called national infrastructure banks. And then in the United States, you have state infrastructure funds and that are basically pooling smaller infrastructure projects and putting them into a portfolio. And so that can offer investors a more repeated set of opportunities or more consistent pipelines of projects. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. 
see the show notes for the transcript and related material. For more information about us, please visit adbi.org.